I have a group chat with my very, very, very good friends from college. We still have a group chat. We graduated in 2014, so it's been six years, and we still do it. We have uh, things that we do in the in the group chat uh, that when one person messages a certain key phrase, um, the rest of us have to respond. So one of those key phrases is vag facts. And uh, <laughs> since I had a doctor's appointment the other day, I immediately was like, guys, I need some vag facts right now. And I found out from this, see, it's all knowledge. We're just sharing knowledge. Um, that they did a kidney transplant through a woman's vagina. How? That that was a thing. I have no idea. I'm not a doctor or a scientist, so I can't tell you. I'm not, I don't know anything about anatomy. I just know that there are things down there and they exist. Um, but yeah, apparently it's like the, it was a, a long time ago and it was considered one of the least invasive ways of doing like a transplant. Amazing. Yeah. We learned it, something. See, I even just taught you something because of badge facts. How do you get in there? <laughs> I don't they probably that. still had to like slice something. Yeah. But- but it less, was like it's less than having to like go through because like you know back in the day they didn't do like the small little holes they do now right with they their robot it. technology and all that stuff <laughs> lasers or something La- lasers um laser jet printers sometimes mm-hmm. um they 3d print lot. you new organs yeah it's a I'm, lot of people are out there people are definitely out there 3d printing vaginas Oh, okay. Whoever invented the 3D printer, that was the reason they did it. There's no, there was no like, oh, we're gonna make cool things. It's like, no, I need to print a vagina. Mm -hmm. I'm Shelby. I'm Sam. It's the rom complex. One, two, one, two, three, four. talking vaginas all day long oh you thought we were gonna talk about bridget jones the edge of reason oh think again (laughs) we're talking about vaginas and vaginas only yeah that's not true we're gonna talk about bridget jones the edge of reason you i would love that though an entire episode uh, episode on the vag for vag facts we we would definitely need we would need a guest expert i think i don't know your whole group chat i I can do it (laughs) i've got google um and i have a vagina so i have experience and also science on the internet you're right you could yeah. do it. You would be our expert. I'll interview you. I'll ask you all of my vagina okay. questions. Yes. Like, where is it? Um, 
I'll draw you a map. It's fine. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll send you um, a, a pictogram on on the text <laughs> messages. Okay. Question two. Uh, what does it sound like? <laughs> um, it depends on what region of the world uh, you're in because sometimes it's it's very quiet. There's a lot of uh, silent yeah. teas. And I'm checking S's. Google and it says macaroni in a pot. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's only in America. That's why I'm saying it's, it's okay. a regional okay, thing. Okay. The regional dialects of the vagina. Um, yes. Is it wet? <laughs> is it dry? No one's sure. Um, it's kind of like, that's is me. water wet? That's how we feel about vaginas right. here. Um, you have to find a lover who speaks your vagina's dialect. <laughs> I think that's what it really comes down to. That's in the most perfect situation, then yes, that's what would happen. Right. Um, we're just kidding. We're going to talk about Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason. Bridget Jones, Bridget Jones, Edge of Reason. Yeah. Should have like, made it a musical. They should have. Um, Bridget Jones, The Edge of Reason. Bridget now, Jones 2, if you will. Bridget Jones 2. You know that we had a little problem with the, uh, To All the Boys I Loved Before 2. Yes. And and mostly I it think... was that I'm not with Jordan Fisher. That was my biggest problem. That was your main problem with it. Too. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we discussed how it's difficult to talk about a continuing relationship. And yes. this movie does Bridget Jones 2 do a good job of talking about a continuing relationship. And the answer is no, it doesn't. It's a bad movie. This is not a good movie. <laughs> not even a little bit. <laughs> Not even a little bit better. There are a lot of bad parts. Let me first, however, get into something <laughs> that I didn't talk about last time, but I wanted to. And it comes up Tell more me. in this. Where? she's uh, Bridget is, like, getting changed at some point. She's putting on clothes, and she's hiding under a blanket to put on clothes. And uh, yeah. Mark is like, why are you hiding under a blanket? <laughs> I've seen everything. And, mm-hmm. you know, she's like, oh, I don't want you to see all the jiggly bits. And he's like, I happen to quite like the jiggly bits um, because she's still worried that she's overweight. Right. Now, what that made me think of was one time. I Were you there? I think so. I don't remember. But Maybe. one of our friend, our friend Sam P., who was on the Love and Basketball episode, did a uh, pole dancing class for her birthday one time. Um, and so I went to her oh, birthday. Oh, I was not at the pole. I was not at the pole dancing class. Okay. When did the pole asking. dancing class class for her birthday? And there's a point where they want us to like hold up our leg and shake it so that like everything jiggles. And the teacher was like, was like, you got to get the jiggle in there. They love to see everyone loves to see the jiggle. The jiggle is why you're here. Like you want it to jiggle. And it just made me feel so good because I've always had thick thighs, like thicker mm-hmm. legs. Like I've always had a thick lower body. I remember one, <laughs> one time in middle school, a guy, uh, like one of the cool guys was like, oh, Shelby, you're kind of thick. And Ooh. I was like, thank you. Like I was so, I, I, even then, you know, in middle school, so like 2002, even then I knew it was a compliment. Like right. <laughs> even though it was right after this movie where, or, or it was before this movie, right after the first Bridget Jones where, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, oh, you have to be really thin. Like mm-hmm. even then as kids, we were like, oh no, the, you know, being thick is, is good. Um, but I think I think about that a lot to like make me feel good about myself about all these parts of my body that mm-hmm. like 
move around seemingly of their own accord is like that's a that's good that's great it looks good it feels good yeah. like now I grab my th- I touch my thighs all the time because I'm like oh they feel so nice like they're squishy and big and I like it I like it too thank you <laughs> but you know what's so crazy you telling that story um I was just thinking how many words we use to describe I'm going to specifically talk about the female body, but also we have a lot of words to describe men's bodies as well. Yeah. Um, But like how many alternate words we have to describe somebody who doesn't fit the like thin or whatever, you know, like that, that body type, you know, you have like, oh, she's thick or oh, she's curvy or oh, you know what I mean? Like there's so many and you're just like, but but what like right you're right because all of it my body just be my body you're right all of it is pointing out it's all different ways to point out how this person doesn't conform to does or doesn't conform to standards Mm -hmm. societal standards of beauty Uh, which which is like yeah messed up it's the same kind of thing and you always have to describe it. Like you can't just, it, it's, people are always assumed straight, like, in, or th- assumed straight. Yes. Assumed thin. I feel like in books, you know, and, mo- uh, you know, whatever books, I'm only saying that because in movies you can see the person on the screen. Right. But in books, people are always assumed to be like skinny unless yeah. something is said about them not being skinny. Right. I love, Just like and then people. I, I also love in books when the person is quote unquote not skinny. It's only said one time, or like maybe twice throughout the whole book. It, it would be like, yeah, but me and my curvy figure, and then that's it. Right. It's the only time you hear about it. So you're like, did we even did we even need the description? Because you, I forgot already. If like what you're supposed to look like, I guess. I, yeah, does, like, I'm does not the way, normal or whatever, whatever bullshit Does the way is. this person look have anything to do with the story being told at all? Right. Yeah. And anytime that's like the enemy other female that's like against, she was just so tall and thin and like intimidating looking. And it's just like, uh, what? <laughs> what? Why? Why? Can't she just like be mean or can't, you know, like why, why, why are we doing this? Well... I don't know, but I do and the like... the reason is society. <laughs> it is society. I do like that Mark Darcy likes her jiggly bits. I, that scene because is he very likes her. He likes her just the way she is. He does. But I do I do like the that response where she's... Because it's, it's, it's a very humorous scene, right? You see her literally yeah. shimmying under a big-ass blanket. And he's like, right. what on earth are you doing? Why are you, like, what why are you is doing going this? on? um and then when she's like I don't want you to see my jiggly bits he's like well I happen to like those like you know it's very like they're still because at this point they had been dating for like six weeks four days and I don't know what the time frame was which is crazy to me because this movie came out three years later right (laughs) it's like we've been dating for six glorious weeks but I've aged three whole years (laughs) (laughs) okay and They've been dating for six weeks or whatever. And she's like talking about getting married. They're like, she, they, oh my God, she's going to go to this, this dinner. And she thinks he might propose to her at this law council dinner. And it's like, what? 
you've been dating, you know, six to eight weeks through the course of the movie. Like, is that how people used to date in their 30s? Or like you're only together a few weeks? And I, my question is, what's it like to do that? Because they didn't live together yet. You know, they were. Right. It's just like. It's just so far from how we handle <laughs> relationships or how I handle relationships. Because, yeah. like, they're not in constant communication. She doesn't know everything about his life or what he's doing. And for me, it was like, wow, what's it like to date someone and not be immediately codependent? Like, <laughs> and not immediately be so entrenched in each other's lives that you can't tell your lives apart anymore, you know? <laughs> what's that like I have no Mm. idea (laughs) what's crazy too is that if you really do think like 2004 I always think about this in terms of like older relationships in my own family so like my parents my parents only knew each other for a year before getting married which I mean ended in divorce so who who (laughs) obviously was a bad choice but um and I think about people that I know now who are in long-term relationships who have been with their partner for a couple years and they're not even thinking about marriage or like if they are then the wedding is another two years from now like if they've been proposed to it's like still oh we have all this time right um and then I think like to this movie 2004 yeah I think well first of all six weeks is far too soon not yeah that's not real um and then I guess if you want to count their relationship prior to actually dating, they've probably been in and it was around like a year, this right? for like two and a half to three months, I would say total. Yeah. Right. But they, they well, met actually, each other at that party. I think it was like a year. They before. met each other at Christmas. Yeah. So it's actually been like a year, I think. Yeah. By the end of the first movie. I should have tried right. to figure out timeline. So maybe in her brain. It was like, yeah, we've only technically been dating for six weeks, but we've been doing this <laughs> the dance. Build up. The buildup lasted so long. That's yeah. part of the courtship. Honestly, the buildup's the best part. Yeah, buildup is good. Buildup is um, great. Still, the fact that she's, like, freaking out and thinking he's going to propose or not knowing or, like, I don't know. And the fact that after that dinner, when she sort of makes a fool of herself a little bit and is really embarrassed and she's like annoyed that he didn't, you know, talk to her very much. And he's annoyed that she made a fool of herself. And and she's like, if you had asked me tonight, I would have said no. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, you're going <laughs> to obviously if so, if like one night is going to mess up, like whether you would commit to this person or not you're not ready to get married to that person. (laughs) Yes, 100%. But I also, this actually kind of brings us to what I thought about when I was watching this movie. Um, Her, that whole idea of her getting engaged at this lawyer dinner was not her idea. Yeah. It was implanted in her brain by a friend who was also dating, or is married to one of Mark's coworkers, and they were out dress shopping for this dinner um and she's like well I got proposed to at this dinner like that you know that might be a thing like you make sure you look your best because you're probably gonna get proposed to and so I want to kind of talk about like letting other people get in your head so much that you're not actually in your relationship anymore like you are so focused on what other people are telling you about your relationship or telling you about where you should be or how you should be acting or reacting or whatever 
uh, to your significant other, but the one person you should be listening to or talking with about your relationship is the person you're in a relationship with. Right. Because that happens a lot in this movie. Like, it happens, again, with the dinner. It happens later on with um, when fucking Daniel Cleaver comes back out of the fucking woodwork um, and basically is starting to, like, plant these little seeds of doubt in Bridget's head about their relationship and where it's going. So, of course, she starts getting really self-conscious and, like, feeling like, oh, no, he must be cheating on me with his very young, like, uh, work colleague because and that was also implanted in her head by right. this like fucking bitch who exactly. her point her whole goal is to be bitchy to people yeah. and she's like oh I saw Mark with like with this like long legged young twenty two year old you know coworker going into his house so mm-hmm. you know exactly uh, <laughs> um, so this entire movie is just people telling Bridget about her relationship. And then it literally getting to her to the point where she just completely explodes on her boyfriend. And then he's kind of left at like, what what the fuck just happened? Like, I don't I don't right. know what's going on. So everyone's confused, you know? Um, I love six, that she immediately weeks. she immediately after their their fight, she calls him. <laughs> And leaves a message. And as she's leaving a message, he shows up at her door. Yeah. And she's still like, (laughs) she's like, oh, hold on. And then she goes back to leaving the message. She's like, you're at the door. And like, she starts talking to him. Like as if she, as if she's not just like, couldn't just like talk to him outside. It's very silly. He tells her he loves her. Things are mended for the, for a time. And they go on a ski trip. Ah, yes. The ski trip. The ski trip. The mini break. Another mini break. We love a good Another mini, mini break, break in London. Apparently they do. Um, so his work colleagues are there, including Rebecca, the pretty young co-worker. And so uh, she, Bridget continues to be uh, embarrassed about herself. She can't yeah. ski, but she lied and told him she could. And I'm thinking right. at this point, he's got to know that she fucking lies about everything, right? Like, he's got to know that there's a chance that she was lying about knowing how to ski. Mm-hmm. If he knows who she is, yeah. you know? He's got to know. Yeah. But he just leaves her. And she goes yeah. and, like, wins a race or something. It's very silly slapstick. It doesn't really do anything for the movie right. and isn't even that funny, so. <laughs> yeah. It's but, uh, it's it's very interesting, yeah. Because like I said, like she lets other people kind of get in her head about it, but then at the same time, I don't think Mark is completely blameless. I think there no. are legit, like as I was watching it, I was like, if I was in this relationship, these are the things that would concern me. Not necessarily like red flags, but they'd be like yellow flags or like <laughs> you know a magenta flag, if you yeah. Will. And I think part of that happens on the ski trip where she starts to worry that she's pregnant because mm-hmm. she her period's late or something. She takes a pregnancy test and Mark comes in and she's holding the pregnancy test. It's still right. like, you know, waiting. And he he's like, what's ha-, you know, what's happening? And and she's like, well, what it you know, what if it's positive? And he 
takes he you you just see him you're like oh no what's gonna happen is he gonna freak out and he was like and he's like I would be so excited and I'm like oh my god yeah so sweet. but then it quickly devolves it quickly uh, devolves into because- yeah these people should not be having a child together right because they <laughs> at realize, this point <laughs> yeah they 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 realize they barely know each other and they have very different views of how their lives are going to go and how they would raise a child and that becomes very clear as they're waiting for this pregnancy yep. test. It comes back negative it's fine, but they but they fought right. about it and now that's there that they mm-hmm. you know they don't know they're that it's very out in the open that they have this essential difference in their personality. Right. Right. And they don't know like, how to handle it because they've only known each other for eight weeks. They've only, yeah. They've only they've been only dating date, for right. eight weeks. Different. Where? They've known each other for longer, Shelby. Gosh. Okay, fine. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely one of those, they try to play it in this movie as like fundamental differences between the yeah. two people, right? It, and it almost kind of feels like... Um, similar with the to all the boys too where you're like the whole movie you're convincing me that these two people are fundamentally different and they should not be together um right and then what happens they make up and then they're together you know what I mean like it's just one of those things it's like you've been telling me this whole time <laughs> that right there's no way that this could work long term you know like whatever no matter how happy they are or whatever um they can't be together and then and then you put them, and then you, they, you get together. They get together at right. the end, you know, after some the, legal troubles and some drugs in Thailand. There's a lot going on. I mean, because aside from their whole fundamental differences, the thing that really, like, breaks them up is she thinks that there's a chance he's cheating on her right. with Rebecca. And Rebecca right. leaves him this weird voicemail where it's she's like, oh, you're probably out with Bridget, blah blah blah. Oh, Bridget's probably there, but you know, blah blah blah. And oh, I guess you're with Bridget. You know, like reading, leaving this kind of long rambling voicemail yeah. that makes it sound like she wishes Bridget weren't there, um, right. and she needs to talk to him. And Bridget hears that and is like, oh, this is proof. And when she asks, <laughs> when she asks Mark if he's having an affair, he says, I will not dignify that with a response. Um, which her friends told her means that he is having an affair. They're like, oh, if he says that, it means he's having an affair. But Mm -hmm. we know that that's just fucking Mark Darcy. He is not going to answer a question if it'll clear stuff. When I was watching this, I was so frustrated because I'm like, oh, my God, Mark Darcy is so much like Richard because, you know, (laughs) it's so difficult to get this man to answer a fucking question <laughs> in a straightforward way. One time I asked Richard what made him happy. Like, what is, what's something that makes you happy? He literally could not answer the question. Oh, he was like, no. well, it depends. You know, there have been different times in my life where different things made me happy. Or, or, like, or like happiness isn't just this one thing. It can mean a bunch of different things. So there are all of these different answers that could possibly 
uh, B to this question. And I'm like, well, what's one of them? And you can't fucking answer it. <laughs> so I was thinking, I didn't like, say oh. what one thing makes you happy. I just asked you what me. makes you happy. Yeah. You can answer Literally, with all of me, those things if you want to. Give me anything. Don't just tell me why you can't Literally, answer the question. I would be happy with just dogs. Just say right. dogs. Just say and I'm dogs. Great. There, you answered it. Um, but, you know, watching, and so I could see this. I'm like, I understand her frustration so completely, but also mm-hmm. understand the way he answered the question because I'm also in love with someone who answers questions that way. Like, oh, there are a lot, like, there are so many different ways to answer this. And there isn't one real answer. And, but yeah. for, and for Mark in that specific question, it's like, no, he's not going to tell you that he, it should be obvious that he's not having an affair with someone right. because he fucking loves her. Right. Um, but she's so insecure and affected by what other people are saying that she mm-hmm. disregards the whole fact that he is like head over heels in love with her. Yeah. And it also too, and like, okay, I, I again, I was also annoyed by that answer because like, we talked about this in the last episode, how, you know, Mark Darcy has so much integrity as a person, right? He does not say things that he doesn't mean. He doesn't, as far as we know at this point, lie. Um, Yeah. It would have been so simple to say no and we would have believed you. Um, (laughs) Like, we get it. But then I was also, I was reading kind of like a review or like, I don't know, something on the internet about this movie. And I didn't actually realize before that both of them have been cheated on, right? So she was cheated on, obviously, in the last movie by Daniel. And he was cheated on by his fiance, uh, who left him for his actual wife. Yeah. Right. Or wife. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Wife, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's his wife. He was married. He was married. So, um, So we know at this point that the whole idea of cheating in a relationship is it's the most disgusting thing he can think of at this right, point. Right. right. Um, and to be accused of it, uh, especially by someone, like you said, he loves someone he cares about, someone he's in a relationship with. I think his pride just got in the way. Yeah. Um, I think his pride is what made him be like, I will not dignify, you know, as opposed to just being like, as opposed to also, I think, uh, he immediately got offensive because he was hurt that she yeah. would even ask him that question instead of realizing, hey, Bridget's been cheated on too. Um, and right. she did not see it coming either. So, yeah. yeah, you might be great, but you also need to take into consideration that she is insecure in this aspect. Right. And kind of, um, you know, massage that a little bit for her so that she can right. feel better about it. Give her a little, a light little love massage. Yeah. Oh, wow. Little... That sounds dirtier than I intended it to be. <laughs> no, it's okay. Um, Let's go with it. <laughs> but this got me thinking of the whole idea of love languages. And I was texting you about this. Yes, um, I know you love love languages. Whilst I was uh, watching the movie. Um, and I, I asked listeners i asked shelby what she thought darcy's love language would be um and we both agreed we both think it's acts of service but we were like it's definitely not words of affirmation yeah 
Which is what Bridget wants, yes. for sure. She she needs a lot of words of, of affirmation. Mm-hmm. That's why when he gives them, like, right. I like you just the way you are, it, like, it means so much to her because she needs right. those. And he is not, he shows his love by doing stuff for her mm-hmm. um, and doesn't think he should have to say it out loud. Um, right. Because he's it, like, but my action should be speaking right, for me. Exactly. I did these things. I clearly care. Um, but she she needs that. She that's what she needs in order to feel love from somebody. And he just like it's like a brick wall for him. He can't seem to be like, you know, we've gotten the few little love kernels uh yeah. when he's <laughs> said the words, right? But aside from that, it's like uh it's like pulling teeth with this guy. Seriously. Fucking say it. Say just fucking say it. Like I already said it. Well say it again. I don't care. <laughs> I just want to hear it again. Say it until I believe you. (laughs) So then we get on this whole, there are a lot of wild things that proceed to happen in this movie. There are so many plot points in this movie. Like, I wouldn't even call them plot points. It's just like, what? (laughs) I think plot is like a very loose. Yeah. She goes to Thailand and she's working with Daniel on this travel TV show or whatever. Right. She accidentally starts tripping on mushrooms. As you do when you go to Thailand. She runs into Daniel. They almost spend the night together, but then she realizes he still fucking sucks. Yeah. And then what happens, Sam, when she tries to come back? <sighs> and then she's packing up with her friend because she went with, what's her name? I don't remember her name. All the Shazza. secondary characters in this movie are so one-dimensional that it doesn't matter. Um, So she's packing up and she's like, oh, can you fit this in your suitcase? It won't fit mine. So she's like, great. They're walking through the airport. She sees a little airport drug dog and is like, oh, my God, he's so cute. I must stop to pet him, even though they probably has a vest that says do not pet me. Don't pet. Yeah. Um, She goes to pet him and the dog starts sniffing around in her bag and she gets taken away into custody where they reveal that the little uh, artifact thing that she gave Bridget uh, actually had a ton of cocaine in it, which I don't Filled know how they didn't cocaine. catch that at security. No. Like, That's she went through security. For. I don't know. But she, like, I feel like the dogs are before the metal detectors, but I guess in this instance they were after the metal detectors. Well, clearly, so the guy, so her friend Shazza had hooked up with this oh, Shazza, younger, younger guy who gave her this little artifact it, clearly intending for her to unknowingly smug, smuggle a bunch of cocaine back to the United States with them. And so no, I think to he, the UK, you know, oh, the U- States. <laughs> United States, back to the UK. <gasps> How dare you be so American right now? I don't I don't even know where I am right now. Um, <laughs> You're in America. Unfortunately. Oh, OK. Um, um, back to the United, to the United Kingdom. <laughs> I almost said it again. Back to the UK. Um, so he clearly, he probably, he knew what he was doing, right? Like he probably packed it in such a way that it could get through scanners and stuff. He just didn't count on a drug dog. True. I guess. I mean, no one's really counting on a drug dog. Yeah. You never suspect. I, I never, I never think. Um, so she gets arrested and put in a Thai prison and... (laughs) <laughs> just you seem really happy about the way the events unfold and the way maybe you, you seem really happy about the way Thai people are treated in this movie happy is that the emotion I'm giving you right now is, yeah, ha- I was, is it because I was being, I'm smiling 
I was being um, sarcastic. <laughs> I know. It's it's because I'm smiling, and Shelby will tell you that this smile is not a happy smile. Um, sh- uh, I'm struggling with words right now. Yeah. I... <laughs> How did we ever get away with this shit? I don't know. It it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. Um, <laughs> Why did did people? Call, I I always want to know if people actually called it out at the time, and it was it just wasn't loud enough that nobody gave a shit. And now, as we're starting to revisit these movies and watch them again, uh, kind of with our more, um, you know, a like human rights like you know yeah. like anti-racist brains on we're just like what the fuck like why wh- who were was any alarm bell rung about these scenes in this movie like it's just baffling to me that nobody yeah. called it out i mean there were probably thai people who, who saw like thai uh, uh yeah thai people in england and the u.s and you know watching this i just feel bad you know for people watching this and being like oh that's that's what they think of us you know like yeah that was was fucking shitty which so i guess um drug smuggling in thailand is a is a big like like you can get in more trouble (laughs) for drug smuggling than for like murder (laughs) so because uh, from what I read, you know, drugs can kill a lot of people. You murder someone, you murdered one person, yeah. you know. <laughs> eh. you, you probably deserved it. No one's sure. So she is stuck in this Thai prison, um, thrown into a room with all these other Thai women who are there um, and not portrayed great. <laughs> not even a little bit. Uh until Mark Darcy comes and tells her, hey, you're getting out. Um, and he makes it sound like he had nothing to do with it. He's just He was just in the area and dropping by to let her know. I was just in the neighborhood of <laughs> yeah. Thailand. And I just wanted to give you the good news. And I'm leaving now. Goodbye. And she finds... So after that, and she's all sad. And all the women she's bonded with in this jail cell are like, oh, what happened? did he treat you bad and they start telling their stories these horrible horrible stories of abuse and violence and manipulation which wow what a fun thing to put in your movie Bridget Jones the edge of reason please tell us more about all these women being uh you know used for for sex trafficking and things like that just as a joke I love it um but anyway my favorite jokes involve sex trafficking so the really just the funniest thing you can put in a movie especially for this white character to realize that she's being a baby um yeah so so all of these people relating their horrible horrible experiences uh and that is what causes Bridget Jones to be like oh I guess we just sort of disagreed on something and didn't actually have a bad relationship at all which I hate that setup for so many reasons like one you can't just con- ca- compare, like, people break up for reasons that aren't 
abuse all the time and that's okay you can't just be like oh you should stay in your relationship because you're not abusing each other or using each other for drug money you know like that's so fucked up to put to line it up like that and then also yeah to use like this oh let's laugh about the tragedy of these women uh and use it for a white character's like personal growth i it's such a disgusting plot point and and bad movie all is that let me just clarify the first movie despite all of the the issues with um body image and all of that it's still a fun watch uh this movie is just bad it's a bad movie and it's a fun watch but in a different way it's because it's so bad you're like you kind of can't believe it they to the point where they like reuse gags from the first movie like in the first movie there's the gag where she she tries to do the tv show thing she goes down a fire pole and they get her butt like just a close-up of her butt going down the fire pole and in this movie they redo it except she's parachuting out of something and they get a close-up of her butt landing from the parachute Mm -hmm. and then um also, Daniel and Mark fight in this movie, too. Oh, yes. Just in the same way that they did in the first one. They're like, let's yeah. just do greatest hits. Let's just make them. <laughs> let's make them. I mean, I'm not mad that they fought again. And they fought no, while okay. in a fountain. And in a fountain. Wet and yeah. I kind of like this fight better because of that. Um, <laughs> because you get yeah, to see no, wet, it was a wet lot Darcy. Of, and, you know, and I, I, I mentioned this to you as well. This movie. Okay. We all know that Bridget Jones no matter what she does something it's gonna go wrong right we all know this i think in the first movie anytime something went wrong aka awkward or embarrassing for bridget it was almost unexpected it was predictable but still unexpected if that makes any sense at all so it was just like it's very genuine it was very organic the way that it was happening it was like oh this might lead her down a bad path and you're thinking oh she's gonna do this and she does something similar to what you thought she was going to do but not exactly right right in this movie you already know what's going to happen before it happens yeah and i was on edge like the whole time watching it i was like so anxious because i was like everything like it there was no mercy there was no like grace period where she wasn't just getting fucking slammed on by some like unfortunate event or occurrence so i was just like why are we doing this why am i watching this movie um because again it just it took this movie took all of like that genuine kind of fumbly 30 something girl single girl that heart that she had that innocence and kind of optimism and they just kind of like soured it for me i didn't really yeah they really they honestly made her a character that i was like are you fucking serious right now like stop saying like why are you doing that yeah she kind of turned into like a parody of herself Mm -hmm. and exactly and it, it really did a disservice to the character and what people liked about the first one um yeah yeah all of that is kind of taken away in favor of this silly slapstick goofiness that doesn't doesn't even hit home like veiled racism you know oh yeah not even veiled they didn't even bother veiling it it was just racist you're not Um, wrong yeah (laughs) and there's other stuff that that yeah that we don't even you know need to mention but it it's not it's not a pc (laughs) oh i was just thinking about how you know 
Daniel Cleaver had called a prostitute, a sex worker. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Sex worker shows up. And then later when he's talking about it, he's like, oh, yeah, I invited up a Thai girl who ended up, who turns out was a Thai boy. Right. Um, So it's just like, you know, fucked up, joking about stuff that it's. To make a gross character say something else, like, just more gross. Right, right. And whatever he says is not going to be like, (laughs) you know. Uh, good yeah. or affirming for like trans people or sex no, workers. No, not at all. Or... <laughs> so let's let's just make him let's make him offend another community. Let's yeah. just make him even worse than right. we thought of him. <laughs> uh, man. Um. So then, what happens? So final. Oh, then she finally learns that yeah, actually, Mark did all of the work to make sure she got out of her Thai prison. Yes. Um, immediately once Shaz, uh, is it Shaz or Shaza? Shaza? I don't know. Shaz, Shaza. Anyway, um, <laughs> she landed back in uh, the UK and immediately called him and he got to work get, getting her out of jail. Yeah. Um, so when she finds this out, it's kind of like this, her brain is just like, that means he still cares about me um you know which is not necessarily true I mean yes in this instance sure but at this point we know Mark Darcy is a very stand-up gentleman if he found out someone he used to date uh was in jail oh yeah he'd probably go help them he would still do it you know um yeah it was just very I'm like okay I guess that means he loves you if that's what you need to hear um (laughs) Sure. And she goes to find him. Uh, so she goes to his apartment. And who is there but Rebecca, the 20-something with the legs up to her neck, which would be an awkward-looking human. Yeah. And um, that's when she finds out that Rebecca did not have a thing for Mr. Mark Darcy. She, in fact, had a thing for one Miss Bridget Jones. Mm-hmm. And she kisses her. Yeah, and Bridget Jones responds in an unrealistically straight way. Let me just say, I don't think anyone is this straight, but maybe that's just, you know, my own personal bias talking. The kiss, Bridget's very surprised, and she's just like, well, nope, I am very much uh, straight. I play, I don't play for that team, uh, but if, uh," she's like so awkward about it, she's like, oh, if I do, you'll be the first to know, blah, 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 like, I don't. I don't think I. That's what that you straight. say when you fi- like when you finally realize the like small level of queerness you have. You're like <laughs> yeah. try. You're like no. Put some straight on it. Right. Hide it. Put it away. Put it away. Put it away. All right. Let me bury um, this in straight. Straight. Yeah. <laughs> um. But it, it's it's kind of. Fun. I mean, I guess it was like a surprising twist. I suppose. Um, yeah that because they kind of replay all of the moments in which like when we saw them from Bridget's POV in the beginning it was all kind of like longing looks at Mark Darcy but then they kind of replayed those same moments as if no she was actually looking at you but it's like you also don't know me right we've like never had a conversation they what literally, makes you think yeah. that we're in that you're in love with me the fuck they literally don't yeah they've like barely ever spoken Right, she, the most that she knows like about Bridget super is into through Bridget. Mark Darcy. Yeah, and that's why the Crazy. voicemail was so weird. 
and why she kept saying, oh, you're probably with Bridget. Um, right. Because she couldn't, just couldn't stop thinking about Bridget, this Obviously. lovely, wild, strange woman. She I totally get it. Things. I mean, um, she's fun. She's a good time. She's fun. She's a little ditzy, which is always really attractive to me for some reason. <laughs> like, oh, <I> yeah. Mean, <laughs> I don't know if I've said that. No, I'm not going to say it. Never mind. <laughs> Uh, I've always said I like my boys like I like my dogs big and dumb Uh, (laughs) I stand by that Um, I stand by that I I also like them to be a little just a not like dumb but like also say some dumb shit and you're just like yeah 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 yeah. sweetie just like sweetie just calm down no because they they talk before they think and they don't have all this like because I think it's just that we're so used to, like, overthinking everything we say that we when mm-hmm. we see someone just, like, saying whatever the fuck, it's, like, it seems so freeing and attractive. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. You're not wrong. Um, so she finally finds Mark, and he's in the chamber with all of these men, because that's the law, right? Men well, yeah, just men men in chambers is the law, I think. <laughs> men in chambers make laws. Mm-hmm. Um, and she pulls, she basically confesses that she loves him in front of the men in the chambers. Yeah, yeah the lawmen. And the lawmen in the chambers. And um, what's actually crazy, too, is I didn't realize it, because he says it at the beginning of the movie. Like, yeah. when they have that fight or whatever, he says that he loves her, and she never says it back. Um, and I didn't realize that until the end when she said it. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. But he didn't, like, what's so great, too, is that he didn't make a big deal out of it. The fact that right. she, because I think that's a big rom-com plot point, uh, is, like, one person says I love you and the other one doesn't say it back. And now it's this big, contentious, like, whatever. Um, yeah. That's not a deal, a big deal in this movie. He says it to her. And then later on, she says it to him. And they get back together. And he's like, I got to ask you a question. And she's like, as long as it's not, will you marry me? And he's like, oh. <laughs> so here, yeah. Okay. Which I totally get <laughs> where she's coming from because they were dating for eight weeks. <laughs> and they broke, broke up. up. And then got back together. And um, the very next thing he wants to ask her is, will you marry me? That is ridiculous. Yeah, but we all know that she didn't mean that. <laughs> she, but she did. But she did want him to ask, and then yes, she convinces him to ask again. Yeah, and they get engaged, uh, and they attend her parents' remarriage ceremony. Re, vow, what is it? Vow renewal. Vow um, renewal. In a, a vowel. 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 It's a vowel renewal. We're going yes. over our vowels right We now. need another A over here. The old <laughs> one's getting, uh, <laughs> it looks dirty. It's getting worn out. Too much wear and tear on shine A. shine it up. Shine yeah. it up. <laughs> Till it shines like the top of the Chrysler building. Um, <laughs> it's an Annie reference for all you yeah. guys that didn't pick it up. Um, I did. Thank you so much for telling me because I didn't know it. That's a, it's a hard knock life. That's where it's from. It's like scrub these floors till they shine like the top of the Chrysler building. Anyway, um, wrong movie, wrong movie. So they go to the vow, the vow renewal, and 
it's happily ever after. And Bridget does something else cute and charming and klutzy and Yep, and boom, it's over. We did it. What else did I what else was I gonna talk about in this movie? I had some notes. Had some thoughts. I did say a lot of <laughs> I was thinking like <laughs> Tell me. Well, okay. If they could have just texted each other more, I think it probably <laughs> things probably would have worked out a little more because it's like she okay they have like one fight you know and they're mm-hmm. like oh we gotta break up and it's like okay I feel like if they had been able to text each other that could have been resolved the whole fight about Rebecca like could have been res- mm-hmm. if you just take a moment take a breath be like like after she broke up with him it would have been like the last time or after they you know whatever broke up it would have been like after the dinner where they're like wait no we still like each other like just give Mm -hmm. yourself a second and talk again the next day like yeah sometimes you fight and you need to cool down and you realize you love this person you know just get text text each other be like, hey, I realized how I was talking. Mark Mark could have done this at any point, but he wouldn't because yeah, he doesn't Mark just doesn't say talk. stuff. I know. It's so frustrating. I do think uh, that one of the only, like, Daniel Cleaver lines that made me giggle uh, was when he was talking about Mark and how he's a robot. And he asks Bridget um, <laughs> if he, like, asks if he's allowed to come or whatever. And <laughs> he's just like is it true before he comes he's like oh may i come inside you now or something like that i thought it was funny it was stupid but oh I liked boy it. that's a vag fact because- back to vaginas um yeah. no but i actually before we head out before we hit the road i want to talk to you about um my magenta flags for mark darcy because i do have some okay. magenta flags and i wrote them down got it got it okay so for me, the things that I would have been legit concerned about were, first of all, he prioritizes work over everything regarding Bridget. Like, I think he cancels yeah. hanging, like meeting with her friends the one time. So it's like, I, I understand you have a very important job. You're a lawman in the chambers or whatever. <laughs> um, but also, if we made a commitment and you made a commitment to come and meet my friends stick to your commitment like yeah. you, just, you know it's a one time out of the millions of times you yeah. canceled on you canceled on me to do your work you don't get to decide that meeting my friends this time is less important than what it, like yeah. you don't get to decide how important it is mark right right so i would have been like you know what mark anyway um my second <laughs> one i think at one point when she's talking i think this is when she finds out about the whole rebecca that she exists um, she says to her friends that she has not even been inside Mark's place yet. And Wild. I'm like, that's weird to me. I, I would be suspicious of someone I'd been dating for eight weeks and I'd still never seen the inside of their apartment. I'd be like, um. And she wanted to marry this guy and she yeah. had never even seen the inside of his home. What the fuck? I know, it's so weird. Um, and then the last one is just lack of communication. Like, gosh, pulling teeth to get any words from this man. I'd be like, I can't do this. 
I think it is. I, I mean, I think it, they're in for a frustrating relationship, but I think they do love each other, you know? Yeah. But they're, the way their personalities are is going to be very frustrating. But I don't necessarily think that there's, like, people who would be better for them, you know? Yeah. Like, maybe, I think Bridget's always going to give herself those frustrations in any kind of relationship mm-hmm. because of the way she is. Yeah. So and and I totally get that personally. You know, like I have yeah. a lot of uh I have a lot of um in relationships I'm like I'm just not as easygoing as I am in other in like non-romantic relationships. So I'm always going to have this like sort of tension just until I learn how to grow out of it. And I think Bridget's yeah. got the same problem. Like I wouldn't say that they're wrong for each other. Um, just because they there's going to be some tension in certain areas, right. you know? Yeah, it always, to me, just kind of feels like they're never on the same page. Yeah. And that, to me, would be extraordinarily frustrating. I wouldn't... I wouldn't end the relationship if we've only been together for like eight weeks. Right. I would be like, maybe eventually... I'll give it a little time to see if we ever get on the same page. Yeah. And then if we don't, I'd be like, okay, well, I care for you a lot. I love you, whatever. But but this isn't gonna work. Like, this isn't love. Love is not the only thing that goes into a relationship. Like love matters, yeah. right? But it is not the only thing that fucking matters. Yeah, I go love back and forth of it. You know, yeah, it's not love's not enough. But it is like. It can be pretty important, or like no, it's without very it, important. With, obviously, without it, the relationship's not going to work. Right, but it's not the only thing. But but sometimes, like the fact, the love can be strong enough. Just the emotional connection can be strong enough to overcome all of those other different, or like a lot of those other differences. Right. Um. But I I go back and forth on how much I think love can overcome. <laughs> like I sometimes I'm like, no, you know, this barely helps at all. And then other yeah. times I'm like, yeah, it does overcome a lot. You know. Yeah, but I think it it works. I think it it needs to be in tandem with like your thought process like if you guys are in different books completely you're not there's not like there's no there's no way there's no way (laughs) that love can overcome two books in separate libraries on opposite sides of the fucking city like they're uh, how how oh i don't know that's a one in a million chance that sounds pretty romantic (laughs) two books falling in love i'm gonna write this story now (laughs) oh my god write it okay can i be the girl book um yeah you'll be the girl book i want to be now now we're gendering books i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do that please don't (laughs) guys i take it all back i don't want i don't want that don't don't gender the books just make them in love okay um but design one of their personalities like me got it you you don't have to gender and the the other the other one is barack obama the other one oh I haven't squealed like that in a long I know. time. You, just I forgot. The, you hear the Obama. name Barack Obama and you squeal. <laughs> mm, I do more than squeal, I promise. Um, oh, oh my listen. God. <laughs> Sam, not I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, Is there anything so, else to say yeah. about this mess of a movie? <laughs> I just have to say that the scene where they had to put on the the tight what's it called like the court it's not a corset it's a 
Yeah. Under, under slimming garment. Whatever the hell. The one of the ladies when the lady's trying to help her put it on, she said, This is supposed to reduce your body fat by fifth your body by fifteen percent. Jesus. What? <laughs> she doesn't have fifteen percent of a body. Why? Why are we doing this? Uh, right. Uh, Stop trying to make women take up less space. Yeah. <laughs> that's what we they want. They want us to take out. Yeah. I want to get Those my jiggly bits all over the place. Just spread out. Spread Look at out. all these jiggly bits. They're everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then you shake them. Hell yeah. I am right now. I'm jiggling in my chair. It feels jiggle, good. Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. You're doing it. I'm so Thank proud you. of you. Thank you. Um, but yeah, that's kind of uh, all I had to do. Don't let don't let people get in your head about your relationship. They don't see everything that you do. Um, and also, it's okay to end it if you have legitimate concerns. <laughs> right. It doesn't. You don't have to be abusing each other to end your relationship. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. And I forgot about how mad that made me. Yeah. I was just like, wow. <laughs> okay. So we're either with whoever we're with or we get beat. Hmm. Right. Um, hmm. Okay. How about options? What's option C? <laughs> yeah. There's there's another option. It's, yeah. Just make, uh, make your own judgment calls. Anyway. Anyway, we'll be next back. week we're going to be talking about a movie that I viscerally remember not liking, I think. <laughs> I haven't watched it yet. Um, Bridget Jones's Baby, oh, or as yes. uh, Moira Rose would call it, Bridget Jones's Bebe. Bebe. Um, kind of came out like 12 years after. Yeah. Is it 12? Yeah, something like that after Bridget Jones's, uh, Bridget Jones' The Edge of Reason. Bridget, yeah. Wow. What a treat for us to be able to talk about this movie to you. It's like the one and only time I didn't like Patrick Dempsey. So here we are. <laughs> We're going to, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a good time. Uh, so tune in for that next week. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, uh, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, at the Rom Complex, or email us. I'm still waiting for hate mail. I'm, I'm waiting. Give for her it. some I hate really mail. Want it. Yeah, send me hate mail. Um, uh, the rom complex at gmail.com. And uh, until then, yeah. keep falling in love with yourself. Bye. Bye. Bye.